0: I have been using uh, car sharing services more recently. Have you? To go to these various holiday parties. Uh-huh. Uh, so that you can drink. Yeah. Well, and my company paid for them. Oh, nice. So my company's like, hey, here's a coupon code with Fasten to get you to and back from the party.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, because uh, Uber and Lyft aren't here. Yeah.
0: We don't have those. But we have Fasten and Fair. I've used... And GetMe. I've used Fasten a couple times, I think. Yeah. Fasten I've used now a couple times. I've never successfully used Fair. <laughs> really, I've tried, and every time it seems to something goes wrong, and so I always go back to Fast. I've used uh, Ride Austin. I like uh-huh. uh, because they they are. I don't want to say they're a nonprofit, but they're in, they're they're focused on giving as much money as they can to the drivers. That's good, uh, and they also allow you to round up your ride to the nearest dollar and donate that to a charity in Austin. Oh, nice! Yeah, that's pretty cool. And they started off and they were very expensive but they've managed to get their their prices under control. Yeah. And by under control I mean competitive to everybody else because Race to the Bottom benefits everyone that buys the product. Everyone who
1: owns the company. Yeah. (laughs) I like that. I like a company that is focused on its employees yeah they're
0: trying to do what's right by their drivers i guess i'm from
1: a very anti-capitalist generation mm-hmm. but it seems very broken and from my point of view like so human beings exist in the world yep and i feel I've like that. i feel like every human being deserves a good life mm-hmm. because they're a human being mm-hmm. but i guess that's not like a popular opinion like some some people will. There are
0: definitely people who don't.
1: Some people will like straight up disagree with that. Yeah, they don't
0: agree that everyone deserves right a good life because they're human. And
1: people like think people deserve what they have. Yeah, because it's what they have. Yeah,
0: so that must be what they deserve.
1: And so if you're like a super capitalist, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, if you can get a minimum wage job, that's what you should have because yeah. that's what you can get. Mm-hmm. But which is, I don't know, it's crazy to me. I feel like businesses and companies exist or should exist as an excuse to provide people with like good lives. Cause everyone needs money to do that under our current system. Yeah. Right.
0: So seize the means of production. Yeah. I mean like
1: that sounds like (laughs) communism, but like, I don't really care. I just want, I just want people to be happy. Right. Yeah. And it, it just seems like such a bizarre and weirdly popular, very normal (laughs) widespread opinion that, people shouldn't don't deserve to have enough money to have good lives
0: yeah i saw a um bumper sticker on the internet recently that made me laugh Mm um it was a two-line bumper sticker it said piss off a liberal work hard be happy (laughs) i was like i don't I, i don't think that's that's against what most liberals want. <laughs> I
1: I think people should work hard and be happy. I don't think <laughs> being happy should be... Or working hard should be a condition for being happy. <laughs> but then there... So, I, I guess that's all... Be, I say all that because companies like Uber, who mm-hmm. are disgusting.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Treat hum- the human beings who work for them as as less valuable mm-hmm. than the like cars
0: they drive. Yeah. They treat them as as a means of production. Right.
1: Isn't one of like Trump's recent picks for some something like advocating for child labor or has said recently yeah, not maybe, maybe I don't not remember advocating for it but I
0: said that like nah, eh, it wasn't bad like it gave kids something to do yeah, kept kept kids off the streets, taught them the value of a dollar. Yeah. Gave them tons of experience you know working in coal mines
1: <laughs>
0: using a good coal miner's experience using their small hands to put get it that a, small coal put it on a resume
1: <laughs> if child labor was legal do you think you would have had a job when you were a child
0: i would hope not i would not have intentionally had a job mm. i mean to be fair i did kind of have a job as a child which is to say my dad paid me like 5 bucks an hour Mm-hmm. To sit at the counter of, in the front shop of a karate studio he partially owned. This is a whole <laughs> facet of Kevin's life I was never aware of. I mean, it lasted for maybe a month. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, he he invested in a karate studio. I mean, he he was doing martial arts uh, for much of my life. Like from when I was maybe eight or nine years on. Wow. Uh, and he still does like Tai Chi. Mm-hmm. Uh, to work out and he invested in a studio with uh, the people who owned the studio that he started at and they built a branch and um like i got all the full details of it like i know it was not successful uh uh-huh. uh like it didn't like they closed it down yeah. not long after um and there were never any or there are very few classes if ever like i don't <laughs> like i like I don't know the full details of it because I was too young. Yeah. But I was maybe 12 or 13, and I worked the register at this hmm. studio. Um, so, like, if someone came in and bought some Tiger Balm, I sold it to them <laughs> and, like, wrote it down on the little carbon copy
1: yeah, pads. Like, uh-huh. we didn't
0: have a full register to build receipts. Like, I hand-wrote all the receipts. That's hilarious. And he paid me what, at the time, I think was minimum wage. And that's like, that's legal when it's your family. I yeah, guess? I think the argument was like it's you know a, it, it was it was you know you could make oh it's an allowance and these are your chores. Guess um, I'm pretty sure I was not on the books. Right, you're not like a hired employee. <laughs> no, they didn't have my W two. <laughs> yeah, you're
1: just a, uh, it's your family's thing. So you're just yeah. there.
0: Which is mean, true of a lot of family businesses. Yeah, you know, you yeah. see restaurants that are owned by families and the kids are, are washing dishes or doing something. Or right. You grow up in that space and never yeah.
1: never had. A, there was never a family business for me, so I never did any of that. Yeah. I don't think I would have had a job if there was child labor. I would not have
0: wanted to have a job. I mean, I, I wanted to kind of, like, I wanted to have money.
1: Right. Oh, yeah. I really wanted I money. I like that idea. Yeah. I had baseball but, cards to buy.
0: Um. I mean, if if child labor was as common as it was in, let's say, the early 1900s. Sure. Then, yeah, I probably would have had a job. <laughs> right. You probably wouldn't have had a choice. And
1: you would have given all your money to your parents mm-hmm. so that you and your giant family living mm-hmm. in a slum could make ends meet. Yeah. I love capitalism. I didn't get a job until, like the summer after my senior year of high school oh wow yeah i had had
0: a job in college or in high school yeah so i worked at barnes and noble oh right uh from like my 16th birthday on Mm -hmm. Uh, and it was it was that specific because i had gone through the interview process i'm like okay turn 16 on this date and they're like okay that's when we're gonna officially hire you Mm. and then like a week before they called me i was like kevin you're where are you you're not on the you're on the schedule i'm like uh (laughs) and so like Got in the car and, like, drove up there and was like, okay, I'm here. And they're like, no, no, don't worry about it. No, it's cool. Oh, that's funny. We, we scheduled you early. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so you almost participated in child labor. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So close. So what was your first job?
1: Okay. First, like, not real job was, mm-hmm. like, walking my neighbor's dog. Sure. They paid me money to do that in, like, middle school. Mm-hmm. But that's not, that wasn't a job.
0: One you know of those classic kid jobs. Yeah. Like, we we've paid kids to, you know, pet sit our family dog and things like that. Right. Uh, my first job
1: was still under the table, but it was a job. Uh-huh. I did landscaping. Okay. Uh, friend of the family, just uh, guy we knew from church. Yeah. Had a like small little landscaping business, and me and some of the other teenage boys got paid ten bucks an hour to like landscape yeah. in the summer. Yeah. And, and it was great. Like I made like I made decent money. Mm-hmm. Like worked a lot. And landscaping was like the kind of work I enjoy. Uh-huh. Just, It's hot and you work hard, physical manual labor and stuff, but it was fun. Uh, I did that for like three summers. Yeah, I did that for three summers. And then I did other landscaping Mm -hmm. summers in college at the uh, giant estate of another family friend who owned this like estate. This like estate. Yeah, (laughs) this like huge property, like acres and acres of like lawn and manicured Hmm. forest and stuff on like a river in Massachusetts. Uh and I did I was like the landscaper for them for a couple summers. Cool. Which was really fun. And then my first jobby job Mm -hmm. where I was actually like technically employed by somebody. Yeah. Was uh I worked for the student center at my college. Yeah. Cool. Made like do they pay it was like 7 15 an hour yeah which sounds horrible right
0: at that minimum yeah
1: <laughs> that was bad
0: yeah doing doing like desk work or uh i had
1: like technically like two jobs there okay uh one of them was like yeah like desk work uh there was like an info desk at the student center mm-hmm. so you would like man the desk and then also we would do like room setups so oh, like whenever... setting up the av
0: for a presentation
1: yeah, or, yeah like tables and chairs and av and whatever whenever there's gonna be an event in one of the many many function rooms in the building yeah. we would set it up and then tear it down afterwards or or you know change it for the next event or whatever mm-hmm. So that was one and then i also worked for the tech crew and, and ran uh all the av and lights for concerts and cool events and speeches and stuff like yeah. that which was like my actual job that was more fun yeah because i actually did things and gained skills and yeah, as opposed stuff to and, sitting at the info desk, is right, Not yeah, right. And then like setting up tables,
0: <laughs> yeah. I was I always had a lot of friends in Res Life and mm-hmm. like doing the desk shifts yeah. were always so like low skilled, but just low anything, low effort, <laughs> low yeah, low everything. attention.
1: Yeah. Uh, you I mean the ideally you bring your homework or whatever? Yeah, that's you, what most people did. But I mean, eventually. You can only just yeah. sit in a boring desk. Instant forever. messaging
0: services were still popular at the time. So a lot of people were uh, yeah were doing
1: those. I just have my laptop and watch something on Netflix yeah. or something. Yeah, a lot of that. Oh, uh, the oh the best part of that job was uh, some. I don't know if it was in New Hampshire labor law uh, or something, but you if you worked any amount more than one hour, you got paid for a full hour. The full like yeah the full hour. Uh, so if I worked for eight hours and one minute, I got paid for nine hours. Yeah, which was great. Yeah. So if we like finished a room setup, <laughs> and we're walking back to the you know the desk to
0: and it's eight forty nine eight fifty nine to write <laughs> yeah. on our
1: time cards. We would just walk nice and slow, and then yeah. we get back at the one one past the hour yeah. and get an extra hour of pay.
0: Get an extra seven dollars. Woo. <laughs> By the big cheeseburger at McDonald's. Yeah.
1: But we really, uh, we really milked a lot of money out
0: of the school. Day. I suspect I knew that. Yeah. I mean, my college job, I was a, a, a mentor mm-hmm. for the first year experience program at the Honors College. Mm. Uh, so I had like regular, I had a group of like 30 students I met with regularly, mm-hmm. and, um, went to like, they all, they all, all that whole group had one class together in the Honors College. So I went to that and audited that as well. Yeah. And we'd have like discussion groups, but you would write your own time card. Mm -hmm. And it was basically like standard accepted was just write down the full 20 hours. Right. Don't worry too much about it. (laughs) Right. Uh, And the way I saw it was like, it's my money
1: anyway. Yeah. I'm I'm paying to go to the school and they're using tuition money to pay wages Mm -hmm. for jobs. Yeah. So yeah, I'll take back as much of that as I can. Thank you very much. Um, it was great. I, I ended up having two of my own private offices in the student center. Wow! Uh, one because I uh, I've never had a private office, really. Yeah, uh, yeah. I had two at the same time, <laughs> two separate offices. You
0: can't even be in two <laughs> offices at the same <laughs> no, time. No, you can't.
1: Uh, it was it was a lot. It was very difficult. Um, one was because I ran the tech crew, yeah. so I had I. It was a we had like a big giant supply closet that held, held all the av equipment mm-hmm. and then like the back half of that closet was a small office oh wow and it was on the fourth floor where the good bathroom was ah uh, the good bathrooms and bathroom i was like the only person ever up there and that, that's the place where i spent most of my time but on the second floor there were offices for all the um student organizations mm-hmm. and because i was uh i was like what was i i was like the treasurer or something of uh <laughs> Maybe the secretary. I don't know. It didn't really matter. I was on the, like, one of the leadership people uh-huh. on the Campus Crusade for Christ, ah. which I'm ashamed to have been a part of. So you
0: got, a, uh, you got an office for there that, too? There was an office, yeah. Yeah, when I was in grad school and I had an assistantship, I got an office that I had to share with another person that was about the size of this table we're sitting at.
1: <laughs> Not the space around the table we're sitting in, but the it's table. about
0: the size of this table, yeah so you could not you had to push the chair under the desk uh, before you could open the door (laughs) yeah you'd come in you would close the door so you could sit down at the chair and then open it back up again oh my god like it was such a tight space yeah there was one desk two chairs and it was a shared office space
1: i would the building the student center would close at midnight yeah and everyone would leave except there would be like you know a cleaning crew. Mm-hmm. But I would often like lose track of time and, mm-hmm. and, and like look at a clock and be like, oh my god, it's like three o'clock in the morning. And I'm like on the on the fourth floor in my in this like little like dark office, still working on some project or whatever. Yeah. But
0: yeah, it was nice. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. You know, mine was in the basement. Oh uh, no windows. Mm. And because we were in Ohio if i got there in the morning i could i could get there before the sun came up Mm -hmm. and leave after it went down yep in the winter Mm -hmm. and never see sunlight
1: yeah that that's a thing that happens up farther north yeah
0: it was gross that i used to do that a lot so that 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 was when i first started realizing oh like seasonal affective disorder can be a real thing it's a very that can like screw you up yeah thankfully
1: like i didn't i didn't experience that much in in college. Cause I was always like going from building to building mm-hmm. for, for class and stuff like that. Um, but my next job was at the Apple store in Providence mm-hmm. and then a couple Apple stores after that. But I have all the time in Providence and in yeah. the store, I worked down in Massachusetts. Mall. Yeah. Cause you're in an indoor mall. So the store doesn't see the outside yeah. at all and you show up to work at, oops, show up to work at, <laughs> uh, you know, seven or eight o'clock in the morning. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's dark. The sun rises after you start, yeah, and then the sun sets before you leave, and you can go days and days and days, yeah. if you have the right schedule
0: without seeing and it's the world. Oh. it's brutal. Sun. Yeah,
1: it yeah, it really messes you up. I'm liking the return to like a uh, kind of sort of real winter weather. Yeah, it was in the today. 20s this morning when I woke up. Yeah, that
0: was outrageous. Yeah, so it's it's and our heater wasn't on because <laughs> we had the AC on a couple days before.
1: Yeah, it was so the temperature dropped a full 50 degrees
0: that sounds about right yeah
1: from yesterday afternoon to early this morning yeah from 75 to 25
0: it's too cold yeah
1: so it's it's pretty cold yeah i as a northerner can recognize can that, that? It's, it's genuinely cold outside uh but i'm blown away by the temperature change like i've never seen a temperature it drop that fast that <laughs> large and that fast yeah welcome to texas yeah so that was that was new for me like yeah. people were outside yesterday, like shorts and t-shirts, and it was great. And then this morning, it's just and it's windy and blustery oh, it's so and gross. ugh,
0: it's nasty. Did I tell you I'm I'm going to Stanford for a week? Stanford Connecticut? Connecticut. No, I'm going to Stanford Connecticut for a week in okay. January. Doing work stuff. Oh, I'm I'm sitting. I'm auditing a training so that I can steal their best practices. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's cool. I'm excited about it. Like it'll be a fun trip. But like after I booked the travel I was like, "Wait. Stamford, Connecticut in January.
1: Yeah, it's going to be real cold. Real gross. I don't own shoes." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might need to get like boots.
0: Yeah, like I'm wearing I'm wearing these shoes today. So these I haven't put these shoes on in 2 years. Those are actual shoes. They are actual shoes. They
1: don't have laces. They're slip-on, but yeah, they are shoes. But they are shoes.
0: I didn't even know I had these pair. Like I found them because it was cold out. And I was like, I can't, I can't just wear my Bergenstocks. Yeah. I can, but I didn't. Right. So I put on socks for the first time in a couple of years. (laughs) I put on shoes and they're miserable. Like I'm there. My feet are uncomfortable. Really? They don't fit well. Like these shoes aren't like don't fit well. Like that's, that's the biggest problem.
1: Especially coming from Birkenstocks, which are famous wow. for conforming, yes. to your feet and fitting wonderfully. Yeah, the
0: arch on this thing is about three inches too far back. Ugh, ugh,
1: it's gross. That's a bad feeling.
0: It's it like I'm I'm still wearing them because I basically haven't had a chance to take them off since like I went out. Right. But uh, it was super gross. But like I don't wear shoes.
1: Yeah. Ever. Ever. But your feet would have been real cold today. Like I
0: have not worn like the last time I wore shoes. Was literally the day I left the job that required me to wear shoes in April. <laughs> that's I have worn nothing but my Birkenstock sandals since then. Wow, I wear them to work every day because I work in an office where nobody cares. Yeah, right. like we literally have people who are in our office barefoot.
1: Really? Yeah, they'll walk around barefoot. Mm-hmm. I think that's gross. It's
0: their feet. Sure. I got I got sandals on, so I'm not touching their feet germs. Yeah. Uh, like the one guy I know like has flip flops but he doesn't wear them
1: they just like sit under his desk yeah, all yeah.
0: Uh, but <laughs> yeah and so like I haven't worn shoes yeah in eight months wow uh, I'm sorry for your feet I don't like these and so but I, I'm gonna have to get some things I have some Birkenstock clogs that I wear but I don't wear those with socks
1: because mm-hmm.
0: they have the Birkenstock stock insole on them that you wear with you can put socks on but are you wearing your bare feet because it molds to your foot and it's amazing right, right. And they're super comfy mm-hmm. uh, but nope and i don't have i don't have like winter clothes
1: do, do you have anything that could be like a heavy
0: coat yes yeah i left it in dallas oh, okay <laughs> when we visited up there uh, for thanksgiving don't forget, i'm going back so don't forget okay. to get that um and i have i have a nice hoodie that's like serves me well in austin yeah so like i mean you could get in connecticut you could get lucky and have like a
1: warm week yeah i don't know which would be like 30s and 40s yeah right yeah so so you'll be you'll still be cold but if there's snow like that's that's the thing like your feet like you need to make sure you're not like trudging through like snow and slush with bare feet
0: like i'm I'm renting a car because the company's paying for it Mm -hmm. but the hotel i'm staying at is within walking distance like it's it's less than a mile away. Yeah. Like, it's maybe a 10-minute walk. Right. Um, and so it's like, oh, just walk to work every day. And then I'm like, wait.
1: Yeah, d- very depending on don't the weather.
0: I have shoes. <laughs> well, th-
1: So the thing is, is even in, like, New, New Hampshire, yeah. where I went to college, w- which always from, you know, November through March, just, there's always snow on the ground. Yes. And the temperature in January and February is usually zero to five degrees. Yeah um people wear shorts and flip-flops yes
0: but they're acclimated to it right they live in
1: it right and i always thought that was crazy like i'm a big proponent of like wearing the thing that is appropriate for your environment and those people were like that because they're college boys who don't (laughs) know how to college boys (laughs) don't know how to take care of themselves you know what i mean (laughs) uh but yeah like i wouldn't be surprised if you saw people and completely inappropriate clothing while you're shocked by how cold and miserable well
0: when i lived in ohio i i after a couple of years i mostly acclimated to the cold weather and it was okay uh and you know i would i would walk around in shorts and a t-shirt when it was in the let's say 40s here in austin right uh which was the coldest it should ever get here in austin (laughs) right uh, and people were like, "Why aren't you freezing?" I'm like, "Well, I lived in Ohio for a couple of years, but I've reacclimated. Like in the in the past time, yeah. I'm like, nope, this is too cold.
1: Like even I, I, I went out, I walked over. It's like a three or four minute walk to the coffee shop over yeah. here where I went for breakfast this morning. And I walked there, and it was 25 degrees when mm-hmm. I walked, and I was like, 25 degrees used to not like phase you, not really phase me. And I'd be like, oh, it's cold out, but I. The, the walk over there, I was like, oh my God, like this is so <laughs> cold. I've, I've definitely, yeah, definitely lost some of my acclimation to it's, it. Uh,
0: I'm not excited. Uh, I'm like, I'm excited to go to Stanford. I'm excited to do this training yeah. thing. Company's paying for my travels. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. Like, it's neat.
1: Just uh, hope for a good weather week. Yeah. Man. Oh. I don't miss it. My sister, who lives in Maine, is like, keep sending pictures and stuff. And it, she lives like on a lake and the lake is already super frozen <laughs> over and there's just i'm sure it's beautiful snow and snow and snow everywhere yeah it's it's absolutely gorgeous but it's cold it's so cold there <laughs> they're they're building a house which still isn't complete which is a it's a very bad time to not yet have a complete house yes but they just got their wood stove set up ooh and she sent a picture uh she was in the basement where the where yeah. the wood stove is and it was a hundred degrees in their basement and it's like <laughs> you no know, it's like 10 <laughs> degrees outside but that's that's the problem with uh wood stove heating is it's, it's
0: difficult to regulate temperature sure
1: like upstairs ab- you know after yeah. it's been you know ventilated throughout the house it's, it's all right you know it's a nice 60 something but right next to that wood stove in the basement it's it a hundred
0: yeah amy's folks have a uh uh I don't think it's it's like connected to central heating or anything, but they have a, a wood stove mm-hmm. in their living room, mm-hmm. uh, which I think they either had in preparation for or got in response to a really bad, bad blizzard they had like 20 years ago hmm. where they're like out of power for 10 days. Oh, um, that's scary. In like snow. Yeah. And so they had they have a wood stove yeah. that they have there, but I've never seen them use it. But I've also never been there in the winter, so there's that. Maybe they have. Yeah. Wood stoves are very nice.
1: Yeah. Um... Does anything do you ever lose power here? For like a length of time? Uh I can't say that I have here. I guess the only weather thing that would do that might be like a tornado. Yeah. And
0: and we're a little too far south yeah. to get very many tornadoes. Like a
1: thunderstorm maybe yeah. might knock it mean, out. Up in
0: Dallas when I lived up there, we would have our power knocked out by tornadoes. Really? That was a thing that happened not often, but you know, I can think of half a dozen times in my life. Yeah. Where we would be out without power for a few days.
1: Yeah, uh, it is not fun to be without power for a couple of days. No. Because of a blizzard.
0: No, you mm-hmm. get cold.
1: Yeah, it gets very cold. And, yeah, it's and it, it's like it starts to get scary. Yeah. Like your third day, you're like, oh, wait, this might become a real problem. Yeah, so the
0: opposite is, is when it gets hot and you don't have AC. Right. But I don't think we were ever worried about dying.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, my, my house in Massachusetts, though, we had a, uh, a gas oven mm-hmm. and stove, propane. Yeah. So if we if it got like really cold and we didn't have you power okay. in the winter, you just like, <laughs> yeah, turn on the oven, open the door, and everyone and hangs just, out in the kitchen. Yeah,
0: we're just going to sit right here. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, we would go see movies when the power went out in the summer.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, but if it just blizzarded, you can't, you can't <laughs> that's go the see whole the thing. Movies. You can't really go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah weather
0: you do anything for uh holly's oh wait you were great. I'm still sorry that was, that was not meant to be mean that was actually me forgetting what it was like well kevin
1: i'm gonna work uh i'll work i'm sorry um
0: that sounded really insensitive oh
1: uh on christmas eve <laughs> you're gonna work i'm gonna work yep uh Christmas Day, I'm not going to work, but I am going
0: to recover from work. Yeah. And then uh, Day After Christmas? Day After Christmas is my birthday.
1: Oh, that's and right. I and you never work your birthday. will not work. I don't know what I'm going to do on my birthday, but I might do something. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, I will resume work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Because <laughs> I know exactly what that's like. Yes. Like, I... Like I have zero guilt about taking as much time as off as I do because there's some people taking like a week off or you know uh, a few days off at my office, and I'm like, nope, I'm taking two weeks and some, yeah, and I don't care at all because I used to work retail
1: right and and you are going to take advantage of yes. what you're allowed to do
0: now, and we have open paid time off, yeah, My manager approves it. we are good to go. If I was
1: not. The only person who does what I do in my store. Yeah. I would not care about taking vacation during a holiday either.
0: You think they would let you though? I could never get any time off.
1: I mean, if you request it early enough, yeah. you can get it. Ugh. But uh, yeah, it's not really feasible for me doing what I do to no. not be there no. for a week it during would Christmas not run time. without you. Yeah, that would be bad. That would be really bad. <laughs> I guess technically, like if I did request it early enough, they would have to give it to me. <laughs> but I would not be very popular amongst my managers. No, no not one bit.
0: You say have all your vacation?
1: <laughs> uh no, I'm gonna delay my vacation. I think maybe like the end of end of January or maybe sometime in February I'm yeah. gonna gonna go to Tennessee and visit my brother.
0: Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah.
1: yeah. Once I'm like really exhausted and worn yeah.
0: out. <laughs> yeah, I'm also taking off um three days mm-hmm. for pax in january
1: in san antonio yeah
0: nice i'm very excited nice so i'm taking off a thursday so i can drive down that thursday mm-hmm. and not be driving in the middle of the night right and then it's friday saturday sunday and i'm also taking monday off because friday was my birthday so i can
1: so you'll be uh, at pax be at for your PAX birthday. For birthday that's a good birthday i'm very
0: excited that's nice my 30th birthday no less as well wow yeah.
1: are you having any uh, crises because of that
0: not really No. Should I be?
1: I mean, that's a trope. Yeah. To feel scared about being a real adult when you turn 30.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't think I'll be a real adult when I turn 30. You don't think you're a real adult yet? I'm just two kids in a trench coat, man.
1: (laughs) You're not even wearing a trench coat.
0: (laughs) It's a really elaborate costume. (laughs) Uh, uh, I. No, I don't think so. Like I also though, like personally for me, the last year has been pretty great. Yeah, considering I basically got out of a job that I hated and in a job that I much more prefer. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got some financial stability for the first time. Yeah, Amy's about to graduate, which is really awesome. Like, is she
1: graduating this like this winter? uh, We we pushed it. We
0: pushed it to spring. Mm -hmm. Um, But she got she. She was given the the three hundred one class, which is the class of like a hundred and no four hundred students, something like that. And they took it away from her and gave her a, a, an assistantship instead. So oh. she's like somebody else's TA. And awesome. Doesn't have to teach and just grades. <laughs> Very much better. That's great. Um, yeah, yeah, I wish like like turning thirty does not affect my general malaise one way or the other. <laughs> Sure. Like yeah. I still have like Malaysia Malaysia Malaysish um moments. But like the difference of going like, oh I'm 29, and I need to get my life figured out, or oh I'm 30, and I need to get my life figured out mm-hmm. doesn't affect it. Yeah. Like there's not a difference there.
1: But like you you also like you said, like gen you generally have your life figured out. Like you're not you're not one of these. I have the
0: present figured out. You like, don't have a long-term sure, plan,
1: but you're not one of these hashtag millennials who, uh, like live with their parents and don't have a real job and yeah, blah blah blah, all the bad things. Although I certainly respect blah, blah, blah.
0: those people because they're usually they're, not doing it by choice, right?
1: And because they're people, yeah, <laughs> that crazy idea. Uh, but yeah, you're uh, you're you the the uh, the details of your life are much more adult than yeah. a lot of people. And
0: I've been incredibly sure. lucky to be able to get to there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being able to have my student debt paid off because right. of, you know, inheritance money. Like that's not something everybody has. Right. I was incredibly lucky to have that and not have that hanging over my head for the next thirty years. Like that's right. like that's a possibility is you can have, you know, thirty plus years of debt hanging over you right. for people my age. And I right. don't have that. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I don't know where I'll be in five years, but I'm also okay with not knowing where I'll be in five years. Yeah, I also
1: don't have like long term future plans yeah. for my life, and I don't really care yeah. to. But I, I I generally feel like adult, like an adult. Mm-hmm. But that's probably because I never had the option to like stay and live with my parents. Yeah. Cuz my parents moved to Venezuela when I dropped <laughs> out of college. <laughs> and I and you didn't have yeah. the option to go with? Right. And they moved back to the they moved back to the states, but to Florida and I'm not moving to Florida. You know what I mean like they <laughs> the, the the uh all The fail safes were removed from me,
0: so you just had to fail,
1: right? Well, I mean, I didn't. I mm-hmm. miraculously lucked into a job at Apple, which has done fine for me, yes. And yes. but like having student loans to pay off and like having to find my own place to live and like pay rent like that, and having like real bills like my parent like I know of so many people my age who like. They're their family plan for their cell phone, and their parents pay. I'm on my family plan. Things like for my cell phone. Yeah, but like I just like I'm <laughs> yeah. completely self sufficient, and I, which is good. But yeah, and I'm really happy to be. But that started at like 21, mm-hmm. so I was like, oh, I guess I'm an adult now. Not yeah. really a choice <laughs> here. <laughs> but I don't. I'm turning 27 soon, so I still mm-hmm. got a ways before 30. But I don't know if I'll have a quarter life crisis at 30. I feel like now. I had
0: more of a crisis at 27. Why 27? I don't know if it was particularly... I mean, my birthday's on the 27th, so that number has a certain amount of resonance to me. Um, But, like, at 27, I was less sure that anything was going to work out Mm. than I am at 30. Right.
1: I mean, I'm generally comfortable with the fact that like my personal life will work out yeah i'm not sure the world will work well, out that's a whole different thing you, right.
0: you can't have a, a midlife crisis or a quarter life crisis about the world <laughs> <laughs> you can't <laughs> it's not called that
1: <laughs> uh I, whatever it's called that's what i've been having lately
0: <laughs> it's not a quarter life crisis
1: i am uh i'm actually kind of happy that uh what probably amounted to like the worst year of my personal life coincided, coincided with, with a b- brutally horrible year for yeah. the world at large yeah i will it.
0: say i'm real tired of the 2016 meme uh, yeah just because 2017 is not going to be better
1: it might be <laughs> but not like inherently no like it, it will probably be just as bad yeah. or worse it'll probably be worse <laughs> Oh, I have a follow-up from my sister. About okay, our, yeah. Our, our photography thing. Conversation. She So a couple days ago, she called me out of the blue. <laughs> I was home. <laughs> and she was like, Jesse, I'm listening to the podcast right now. I
0: haven't <laughs> talked to you.
1: Um, your desire to... If you were to hire mm-hmm, a wedding photographer... To buy
0: the, the copyright.
1: And she just thought that was bizarre. <laughs> She's like never considered someone doing that. Yeah. And if you... Like, if you hired her and told her you wanted to own the copyright. And
0: said, okay, what's your additional cost for purchasing? She'd just be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, it's funny because I did some research on it afterwards. And there are a few photographers who will offer that as a package. Uh-huh. Um, or who at least have options and know how to discuss about it. But it is still very, very rare.
1: Yeah. And I think I think uh, she would do it for more money. Yeah. But it, would just, it just struck her as a very weird thing. <laughs> Why, why would someone want to do that?
0: Because they're my pictures, right? But she, at least
1: her, like she doesn't relate to that instinct of ownership of intellectual property and. Yeah, but
0: that. she wants to own all of her pictures, doesn't she? Right, but because because but
1: she because she's the creator.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: but it's like it's a valid desire. It's just a very odd one <laughs> uh, that she's never been asked before. That's weird. She, she has had clients who request that she doesn't. Publish mm-hmm. the, the photos that she takes of them publicly. So she does she does weddings, and yeah. like, the internet never sees them. Sure, uh, just because that's the client's wish, and that's pretty common. And that's
0: and but, but that's so like to me that's only one step removed from negotiating the ownership of copyright. Right, right.
1: So yeah, she's never heard of that, heard of that yeah. before. I still think it's weird <laughs>
0: <laughs> to try and buy the copyright. Yeah. Okay. And I I
1: actually think like a, a little part of me thinks you shouldn't because I do think there is some bond between the creator and the thing that they created and there should and like the should ownership, never be broken not that i don't know like the, but the ownership should reflect that like i understand legally like anybody has the right to pay whatever they want for anything because <laughs> capitalism <laughs> but it seems weird to break the bond between creator and created
0: yeah i i mean the the counter argument to that whether i agree with it or not mm-hmm. is well yeah but it's it's my image, and isn't there some sort of inherent bond between me and pictures of me? Shouldn't no. I have some control over what the depictions of me ha- out there look like? Especially if I am paying to have these images of me created. You know, they exist because I've instigated that, because I wanted to capture this moment that I have constructed and crafted mm-hmm. by paying a truckload of money for my wedding. <laughs> You know, there's there's a connection there as well. Yeah, one might argue because it's it's not, and this is not to degrade the work that wedding photographers do at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but a wedding photographer has a different source of inspiration than, let's say, a portrait artist does, um, or someone who does nature photography, or someone who does any of the other varieties of photography that exist in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, because a wedding photographer is is. Brought in for that event and is inspired by that event and is paid for to be inspired by that event. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to someone who does portraiture who, you know, says, you know, sees a person and is struck by them and is like, I really want to take a picture of you or I want to create a piece of art in your likeness, mm. you know, and at a fee is negotiated or, you know, something happens there right. to make that happen, which is not to, to, Negate the amount of artistic effort that goes into wedding photography because there's absolutely a ton of that. There's a lot of it work on the back end and taking those photos and making them look really good in things right. like Photoshop. Right. Um, but it is it is not spontaneous mm-hmm. because it is it is work for hire. Right. It is art for hire. Right. And uh, so, I it's me. I want. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it boils down to like it's yeah it's, it's you you want it yeah 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 i, I mean it's totally valid <laughs> i can give you my my reasons for why it's me and i want it but yeah. that's what it really boils down to is I, I want it
1: yeah and and like and if money talks then money yeah. talks and you can have it
0: yeah yeah interesting well, the well, the only other thing i would consider doing is uh striking a deal so that they are released under a creative commons license something we didn't talk about. Right. But say, okay, let's put them under a, you know, Creative Commons uh, attribution non-commercial license. Right. And maybe even go so far as to say no derivatives. Mm. Yeah, that's smart. Which are all clauses you can put on.
1: Yeah, there's like all many, many permutations of the. Yeah, uh, non-commercial.
0: License. Well, and usually they're, they're nested. Mm-hmm. So, like, the very least you have is attribution, mm-hmm. where you have to say, I took this from somewhere, and this is who I took it from.
1: But then, other then you can it. do whatever you want with it. But
0: anyway, you can do anything you want with it. There's attribution non-commercial, which is you can do whatever you want with it, but you can't make money off of it. Mm-hmm. I'm the, I'm, I retain the ability to make money off of it. Nobody else can do that. But you can copy it. You can, you know, put it in your scrapbook when you're catfishing somebody. <laughs> um, you know, whatever you want there. Um, And there's attribution, non-commercial, share alike, um, which means that any – and and share alike doesn't have to be part of non-commercial. There's attribution, share alike. Mm -hmm. Um, Share alike means you have to – anything that you make with this image also has to fall under the same license or a more loose one. Hmm. So if I put it under under attribution, non-commercial, share alike, anything you create with my art – has to then also be attribution, non-commercial, share-alike, or less. Meaning it could just be attribution. Right. Or just attribution, share-alike. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Meaning, so you can't take something and, and make it... And in this, in the spirit of sharing your art, you have to then also share your art.
1: Right. You can't, yeah. Take it, make something, maybe even like more popular than the original, and then lock it down. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then, and then non-commercial is another very common one because you can't make money off of it. Right. So non-commercial share like attribution. I feel like there's a fourth one. Or you can also put it at CC0, which is public domain. Right. You can, you know, I say I abscond all copyright law, not copyright law. I, I I grant everyone unlimited exclusive access. Do whatever you want. With Do whatever it. you want with yeah. it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad all those Creative Commons licenses mm-hmm. exist. It's a really easy way for people to
0: to share things yeah. and and not have to ask for permission to do things. Right. Um, like at one point, you know, do you know the author Cory Doctorow, author blogger? Mm-hmm. I wanted to uh, more than anything else, just as a as a practice, like write a play based on one of his works. Mm. But because their attribution, whatever what their Creative Commons, I don't have to ask permission to do that. And I right. just make it and not worry about it being, like, being sued later right. for infringing on the copyright. Right. Um, his his are specific non commercial clause. I remember that. So you couldn't ones. make money on it. Couldn't make money either. off of it, yeah. but I could make it. Yeah, and put it and on the put internet. It on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah and it, so like for someone like him, if he didn't have that license on there, maybe he would still let you do it, but. Mm-hmm contacting him and getting permission and all that can be yeah, figuring out
0: the contracts difficult and yeah. yeah so
1: it's just hey here's this really easy to understand boilerplate for what this you know cc licenses and yeah you know, now you can do what you want well that
0: reminds me of another thing that uh, stephen king does which is really interesting um which is he's got what he calls the the one dollar babies or the one dollar club mm-hmm. um and he basically has a standing invitation for anyone to buy the rights to one of his short stories to make a student or non-commercial film for a dollar if it is not currently in any other negotiations or owned by anybody else at that point in time. Huh. Um, with some additional stipulations of you can't make money off of it, um, you can use it in your resume, you have to send him a copy of it. <laughs> That's cool. Um, and, and a couple other things that are, that are part of that. But so there's hundreds, uh, or maybe even more, stories out there that are his, that he wrote short stories out of that are not currently under any sort of licensing agreement with anybody else. Right. Um, and that you can contact him. And there's, there's a form you fill out. You don't have to send him an email directly. Right. Because we live in the future. Like at one point, it was literally <laughs> you write him an email or right. write him a letter even. Um, and for a dollar, he'll, he'll license the work to you to make into a film. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you can't also i think one of the things is you can't publicly broadcast or put on the internet so you don't you can't see them very often you have to like go to a film festival to see them Mm. um like i don't know of any that are on youtube for example right right that's awesome for someone like him because he's super
1: prolific yes so there's tons and tons of work and and he's
0: now got a list on his website of like all the stories that are available under this current deal that's awesome good for him yeah hmm Also, I might, I might be starting another podcast. No way. Uh, maybe so. And I don't remember what it was. Um, a guy I knew from college said on Twitter he wanted to start a queso podcast called "Okay, So Queso." A queso podcast. Yeah. Okay. So queso. <laughs> That's a confusing title. I love it. It is very good. Um, and I said I was interested, and like he seem serious about it. So we're actually going to meet at PAX and talk about because he lives in San Antonio. Nice. And so we'll catch up. But like we would eat queso and talk about queso and just like this. review various quesos. I, I don't know. This is this has been entirely built on Twitter right now. So <laughs> um,
1: that that seems to be a uh, a you know that's a a common format for a podcast is like let's just find an excuse to talk
0: you're listening to this podcast right, right. now <laughs> but, but like
1: we don't even have an excuse no like no we just show up and talk yeah but like okay we're gonna talk about a queso that we tried mm-hmm. and then you, you know, know whatever else we want right yeah but you just gotta have the thing there to yeah to get it started
0: yeah that's really cool man what a name right
1: who came up with it was it you
0: i or feel how? like it was me but i maybe maybe it wasn't i don't know hey if this was a
1: public twitter conversation the internet will know the forever. internet will
0: know totally I don't remember.
1: Wow, that's great. I like that idea. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, are there okay, other
1: queso podcasts? I don't know.
0: We could be the first. Man, you could like. I was people. one of the first philosophy podcasts. Really? Yeah. There were not many, if any, before we started. We started in 2007. Man,
1: that is pretty old, long yeah. ago in the podcast. Yeah, well, I, I think mean,
0: Philosophy Bites existed, but uh, mm-hmm. that was very short. We were long form
1: podcasts. Has, podcasts have existed for a long time before that, but like only a couple. Yeah. yeah. Like.
0: Twit. right that's awesome is, um is twit still on does that still exist it's
1: still one of the most popular podcast networks okay cool yeah. good job then i don't listen to any of it
0: anymore but i i the last time i think i regularly listened to twit was when i was working at a bookstore in high school
1: <laughs> that's when i got into podcasts was in like 2006 or something yeah with twit i was listening to
0: it because i would i would burn it to a cd because i didn't have an mp3 player and in the mornings, I would, like if I was working early shift before we opened, mm-hmm. I was shelving books. I would put on my headphones and my CD player and listen to Twit. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Which is, I, I think I've mentioned this, is why the original episodes were all under 70 minutes. Was so you could burn them onto a disc.
1: No way. Yeah. That's so stupid. It's so, it's so, like, can you believe technology had <laughs> such dumb limits?
0: I mean... It was really important at the time. Oh, I, right, that's what makes it
1: dumb. Like, could you believe that was important? Like, yeah. you couldn't make your episode longer than seventy minutes. You could play it on your disc
0: man. Yeah, you had to, you had to be able to burn it to a CD. That's incredible. <laughs>
1: I love the future. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait to know what kind of dumb limitations we're dealing with now that we just don't yeah. know about. Um, I'm going to change the subject. Go for it. Did you finish Westworld? Yes.
0: Westworld. I did finish Westworld. Good. Which is to say, oh, good, Westworld can finally start.
1: (laughs) You feel like season one is like a prologue to the real story? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Real long and boring prologue. You thought it was boring? I thought it was boringer than it needed to be. Hmm. I felt like we were going in circles. I felt like a lot of stuff didn't happen for most of the episodes.
1: Yeah. I think... There's a lot of stuff that uh, created action in the moment that didn't need to exist. Yes, like, like oh hey, our a lot of know, wheel spinning. Our guests and hosts are gonna go do this thing and have this gun battle, but like we don't actually care about that happening because we care about the story that's happening in one layer out.
0: Yeah, yeah, I care about the story about the hosts waking up and going crazy, right? Like that's the story I want, and I would argue that's the story of Westworld. Is the important story right now. But it took us the entire
1: ten episodes to get there. Yeah. I think the show should have it it was bizarre to me because the show revealed itself right away. Like it, it, yes. it showed his hand like, like Yeah, the, the
0: hosts are gonna wake up and become self aware.
1: Like you could have this would have made you even more angry, but you could have spent season one not knowing there were hosts and guests. Yes. Right. The show could have presented itself as like, Hey, this is a Western. Yes. And here's all these people doing these things. And it, you know, you have these stories of, you know, there's people into town and there's the whorehouse and there's the, you know, and there's the war going on. And you, you know, you watch all those things happen and then end of season one reveal (gasps) some of them, are robots? Are robots in their you know? And this is a place where people go on vacation. And, yeah, oh, crazy. And then season two could have been this,
0: and it would still have been bad,
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> um, I liked it overall. The I, I did I, as well. I wasn't bothered by that wheel spinning so much because I think it mostly tried to character build with it.
0: Um, but they didn't go anywhere. Like the characters didn't change at all. Like that was the point. Was most of them weren't changing like Maeve was the only character who dramatically changed.
1: Maeve changed and uh Bernard was revealed
0: far too late, like yeah. It also it doesn't help the show at all that every twist was guessed by the internet ahead of time. I so I
1: did not look at the internet at all while yeah. I watched it and so I I thought I actually really liked that the show didn't like try to deceive you it, oh I disagree well it see the reason why the internet identified so many of the answers before the show outright revealed them yeah. was because the show was really forthcoming with all of its details
0: I don't know I think William and the man in black being the same person was meant to be like a huge dramatic reveal and I didn't care
1: was it a reveal to you when the show revealed it with the match cut of him like lifting? No, you know, so you you figured it out before. I had read it on the internet. Oh, okay.
0: Like and not even intentionally. Like I stumbled upon that. Yeah, I wasn't actively searching out spoilers or things like that. But, um, and and the show spent I think too much time on that reveal. And furthermore, it made me care less about William, and not much about the Man in Black. Like, them being the same person did Mm -hmm. not, to me, benefit the story of either of them. And only a little bit helped the story of Dolores. Dolores, is that the character's name? Uh Uh-huh. Sort of realize that she's been stuck in this larger loop for a very long time. Hmm. And I don't think that helped her story either. Like, oh, I've done this before oh I've done this a bunch over and over and over again right and William has done the same thing over and over and over again as he became the man in black right hmm. it didn't I don't think it made the story better okay I can see that so imagine this imagine William was not the man in black it was just a dude right um, and he tried to help Dolores get free and break out and it happened 30 years ago Mm -hmm. and it failed and she got reset and started over again Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and then somebody else did the same thing and somebody else did the same thing and it was a different person each time Mm -hmm. and it was it was as it was shown to be part of a loop and she kept going through it the whole time
1: but it was different people But it was
0: different people does that story is the story better because of that or worse because of that or the same because of that well the Does only, Dolores' story matter more because it was the same guy?
1: I don't think so. It may, it makes her have a unique relationship with the man in black. Yeah. Like, it makes the... Right? Like, that's what creates her relationship with the man in black. And you could come up... If that was the case, where mm-hmm. it was a different person every time, the man in black could have some other backstory, but then there wouldn't be any history between them, which may become useful in season two. Okay, but so it should have become useful history. in, like... At like episode 2 <laughs> but it but it couldn't because they didn't want you to know they were the same person.
0: Yeah. Like I think if they'd shown me this is the same person happening at two different points in time mm-hmm. at episode 2, I think it would have been a better show because they were trying to hide it the whole time. Okay. Now the reverse, let me ask you, was did you did, were you shocked? Were you surprised? Did that reveal um
1: I so I made the realization when the show wanted me to. Okay. Um I Am really good at not analyzing, the <laughs> w- like analyzing what I'm watching for potential reveals while That's I'm watching. That's good of you. So I like just a part of my brain shuts down, and yeah. I'm like, let's just enjoy this in real okay. time, right? I'm not like thinking ahead. Yeah. Um. So like, it was a very gettable reveal well before the show wanted you to know mm-hmm. it, but I like I, it happened in real time for me, um, and it like. I guess it was a decent reveal. I was like, oh, that makes sense now. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, they're yeah. the same. It was just like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I, episodes before that, I realized there was multiple timelines. Mm-hmm. I didn't make the connection between William and the Man in Black, though. Um, but I don't know. I thought it, I thought it was effective. I, my problem with the show is almost more of a problem with the general public's reaction to it as it being the next great deep intellectual like
0: Yeah, I don't think it's there yet.
1: Like you know, thing that people can write hardcore serious television criticism about yeah. and all its philosophical implic like it's a it's a show about robots and artificial intelligence and what it means to be human. And there's and, lots of those. And what is conscious and, and it's a pretty good one. Yeah, and like I think it's I think it's a great show, but I am just I'm sick of the like, oh my God, like, it's so deep, man. Like, what about all these, like, super deep <laughs> layers, philosophical thoughts? And yeah. like, uh, what is consciousness? Right. Like, and those are like, those are fine for the show to explore. Mm. And I don't think the show, I don't think the show thinks it's anything greater than it is, but a lot of fans think it's yes. greater than it is. That's valid. Um, it's, it's just hard to like really deeply, like truly explore those ideas yeah. on a TV
0: show. I think it can be done. I think this episode, I don't think this series did it.
1: Yeah. But I, but I think what it wants to be, it is, and it's great. Like it's a, it's a great Western. There's great Western stuff in it. I don't want a Western. But I (laughs) I don't don't necessarily either, but like it, it's, it looks great, right? Like all of like it's, the world is built really well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really like some of the characters I'm I'm really into just the general idea of a show that's about robots gaining consciousness. Yeah. That's I want to see where that goes. And if season one hopefully just turns out to be like a
0: cool introduction to that, Mm -hmm. I think it'll be great. Yeah, I have it's funny, my questions are not the questions this show seems interested in answering. Mm -hmm. Like I want to know what does the world outside look like? Like where when does this take place? Yeah. What is the universe that this world exists in like?
1: I really wanted Maeve to leave yeah. on that train and show us I really something. did too. Yeah. I really did too.
0: Yeah. And I would be, I think, more disappointed in this show if we never see the outside world. If we're just always stuck inside Westworld. Yeah.
1: Well, it certainly doesn't seem like it intends to stay inside Westworld because it showed us samurai, samurai world. world yeah or at least the you know, workshop for samurai yeah. World. did you know
0: in the original film there were multiple worlds was that a thing you were aware of no okay so i i was
1: i'd, I'd never seen the original film i didn't know i haven't seen it, it but
0: i've seen bits and pieces and trailers and whatever mm-hmm. and so in the original world there is there's a west world there's like a medieval england world and there's like an ancient rome world oh those are good yeah yeah and so like i've and i've not like thought about it much but I've always had that thought in my back of a head and so when we finally get to see Samurai World I was like oh okay good like yeah. we can like there's more here yeah but then I have questions of okay it did Anthony Hopkins make all of them right did he just make this one because he very much seems to be in control of Westworld
1: yes but him in uh, him in Arnold Arnold Certainly seems to be the creators of like the technology, the, the technology at all. Yeah. So maybe other people came in and created the new era I don't know. worlds it's or?
0: More interesting questions. Yeah. Um, that made me more interested in watching the show than I was in, let's say, episode seven. Yeah.
1: I think uh, something I've heard people talk about that will disappoint me is if season two is kind of just more of the same stuff, but now it's in Samurai World. And then season. Th- oh, I don't think that's going to. And happen. then season three is like a, the similar, same show, but in Rome world. You that's know what not, I mean? It it's got a. It's got to have forward momentum. It's got yeah. It's got to keep building. It can't just
0: like repeat itself. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. I also I'm like I want to see yeah. those worlds. Yeah, but I don't want. I want to see them in the context of this story. Right. And I, I hope Maeve will be our vector for that, mm-hmm. as she now exists. Yeah. Um but eh, I want to see season 2 but that's because season 2 is i th- has the potential to be the show i wanted season 1 to be
1: right yeah exactly um i'm really into the idea that so uh, michael crichton wrote westworld the movie yes and then the novelization of westworld of the movie, the movie that he right? wrote yeah. um i love that he wrote westworld and also Jurassic Park <laughs> right you like dinosaur
0: world yeah, well i'd like
1: what does this guy have
0: like, against what, theme parks
1: yeah like what problem did he have in his childhood at some <laughs> theme park where like this is what he's writing it's just interesting little you know sneak peek into yeah some weird is. part of his that brain is weird. yeah he has some strange obsession with theme parks <laughs> um so the oh the dumb unanswered question I have that yeah. I don't know if the show answered and I missed it, but like how do the guests not get shot with bullets? They're smart bullets. That's it? They're just That's the answer. Fancy computer bullets? Does the show tell us that or are we just assuming that?
0: I figured that out by going to the show's interactive web page that was set in Universe.
1: It's an official thing. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, so HBO, like, and I've seen nobody else talking about it, but I think it's a pretty cool marketing campaign is like before Westworld even started HBO, which is to say the Delos corporation was sending me weekly emails about (laughs) visiting Westworld. (laughs) Oh, that's great. And like how to get started. Yeah. Um, and one of the things you can find there, like, and then like I read the entire terms and conditions of Westworld, (laughs) which were an in universe document. Mm Mm-hmm probably made by some third tier writer who was assigned to this, but it was really interesting and mm-hmm. sort of like the, the stuff about that. And there was a chat bot question robot thing that you could ask questions to. Um, and so I did. And so one of the ones I asked was about the bullets and, and it, it's smart computer bullets. They know who to hurt and who not to hurt.
1: Got to have that code really locked down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it seems like uh, lots of other things can really hurt you. Yes. Like you can get sliced with a Well, and that's,
0: and that's established in the terms and conditions is that there is real danger here. So like, you, you
1: know, obviously you signed something that says, yeah. like, you know, you might die and it's not our fault. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah.
0: Huh. Um, now, then the question becomes like, okay, how do the bullets work against humans once they're no longer, once the robots uprise, rise up? Um, well, when they're in the
1: like offices area where those people are dying, I imagine they're just using normal people.
0: Well, bullets. yeah, well, they they're, they took the guns from the guards. Right. But I was thinking, like, in the park, like, in the finale, we see the man in black get shot mm. in the arm, and he's like, oh, cool, this is real now. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I love how uh, delighted he seemed by was, that. That was the best acting he had done all season.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, yeah, they're in the park, and they start to shoot a lot of people.
0: Yeah. Well, mm,
1: yeah. I'm excited for season 2. I like I want to I, Yeah, I, I
0: want I, season 2 more than I wanted season 1.
1: I I'm trying to think of which of the other worlds I want to see the
0: most. Yeah, Samurai world was not in the original. That is a whole new construction.
1: No. Which one would you visit if you were if you were going to go, you know, take a vacation to one of these worlds as a super rich person in oh, the future? Oh
0: man. Where would I visit if I was going to visit? somewhere well jesse would go to hobbit Worlds, <laughs> officially <laughs> licensed
1: um, I, man if they could do like you know fictional places or uh, i mean there's
0: nothing in the in the universe to say they couldn't right
1: yeah you just make hobbit like short yeah hair, you have the shire and you've got years, yeah, yeah.
0: You just make the robots a different shape
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would definitely go to Middle Earth if that was... I don't think I'd go to to Westworld.
0: Westworld seems boring to me. I'm not into the Old
1: West particularly, so yeah, that wouldn't be a thing for me. Maybe Medieval England? Maybe. The problem is, is, like, people forget how bad the past was. Yeah! Like,
0: (laughs) that's why, like, it's like... 1920s and and like i think the 20s seemed okay and it's not <laughs> time, and
1: it's not time travel because like
0: they're you're they're creating it's a, it's creating a constructed a world. environment yeah it's so it's not meant like, to be better than
1: right like uh the one of the things i thought of is you know uh people didn't have sewage so everything smelled horrible yes in the past
0: i suspect westworld has fixed that problem
1: right you don't have to literally throw your poop in the street in westworld just because that's what they did yeah in the real west so they solved those kinds of unpleasant yeah. issues but
0: Disney World. I'd go to Disney World. <laughs>
1: Where you can shoot people whenever you yeah. want. <laughs> I I am really glad that uh, the show didn't dwell on the on storylines of like I can just shoot and have sex with whoever I want and like be murdery yeah, and rapey like That is good.
0: Although all of the sex it showed was so freaking heteronormative. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, it was like, where are the gay guys who go to Westworld to have sex with sexy cowboys? Right, like, where are those?
1: That's got to be a popular
0: market, right? <laughs> not a single, not a single cowboy was working that saloon. That's true,
1: that's true. Yeah, that's an oversight.
0: Yeah, should have been more sexy,
1: even cowboys. in like
0: the orgy scene. There was no like men touching each other,
1: yeah. Although, so I. I gen- generally have a problem with HBO stuff cause I'm just sick of like nudity that doesn't actually serve any purpose. Sure. So I was kind of excited to see how they used nudity of the, um, of the hosts when they're like in the workshop well, area. So it was a stuff. dehumanizing. Right. Cause yeah. yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's a power thing and mm-hmm. it wasn't sexual and it, Yes, and it, it, practically, it helps you know, like, oh, this is a guest and this is a, a worker, yeah. or, or this is a host and this is a worker, or whatever. But uh, it it, re- it served a really effective purpose in that way, instead of just like here's Naked another people. sex scene <laughs> so we can have sex position. Like, yeah, I think that happened like once or twice. There
0: was but, there was fewer, yes, yeah, uh, which is good. But um, yeah, no, no sexy cowboys.
1: Like uh, the the show I thought of a lot while watching it was Dollhouse. Yes. Did you ever see Dollhouse? Oh, I love Dollhouse. Yeah, Dollhouse is like one of my favorite Dollhouse shows. Dollhouse did
0: it way better. Well,
1: Dollhouse in season one suffered a real problem yes. of...
0: Dollhouse season one is bad.
1: Right. Of like uh, let's just show a story about a,
0: a person a, experiencing A, a, a gross yeah. person
1: who wants to have sex with a doll. And yes. That's what the story is instead of...
0: Yeah, that's yeah. that's all Fox's fault. Yeah. Did you ever see the original pilot? I think we've talked about it on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, where like the final line is of the pilot is the final line of the season one finale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like the, he wanted to go a lot faster than Fox was willing to let him go.
1: Yeah. I can't believe he, I can't believe Joss Whedon went to Fox for another TV show after Firefly. They, they gave him one. Yeah, but they I don't know if anybody else was. But they didn't, they didn't treat him right. No. He got two seasons. I, I loved Dollhouse and yeah. I think Dollhouse was really, really good at talking about like, what does it mean? to be human I think it was not, better like, than Westworld human. I'm talking about at, that at least Westworld so far yes Um so I'd, I'd love to see it get better better yeah To and I, I mean it's an HBO show like it obviously can it has the like, option yeah and they clearly have the talent like it's they got good writers and yeah. you know
0: like Chris not Chris Nolan Jonathan Nolan who's the Nolan brother I like yeah <laughs> uh, although more Westworld probably won't happen until 2018
1: yeah I heard it's going to take a long which time which gross whatever
0: I mean, I don't watch Game of Thrones anymore, so it's less interesting to me to keep my HBO subscription. <laughs> like, I watched Last Week Tonight, and that's it. Like, I watch movies on HBO, but mm-hmm. that's about it. Like, I watch Steve Jobs. Yeah. You see that one? Is
1: that the Sorkin one? Yeah. No, I didn't see it. It's all right. Yeah? Yeah. sorkin isn't it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Sorkin-y.
1: I do. I do. I enjoy a sorkin dialogue.
0: Sorkin really, really likes writing, writing things about great men. Yeah, he does because he's a great man. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who else is he gonna? Write um, and I like the structure of it. Like he had, he had announced years ago the structure of the film was going to be three, one act plays basically mm-hmm. happening before three different keynotes. Right. Um, one for the Mac, the original Macintosh. One for the next Cube, and one for the iMac. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, and that's what the film is. Yeah. Um, I don't think it used that. To the best of its ability, like that structure, there were some flashbacks, but I think it was good. Like, I think it worked. Yeah. I mean, the ultimately, the whole story was about him and his daughter. Right. Which was fine. <laughs>
1: right. I, the the thing that I'm, I haven't seen it. I probably will eventually, but I. It's on HBO if
0: you have a subscription. <laughs> yeah.
1: I know I know the actual real life story and care about it too much to maybe separate myself from what is obviously like a very fictionalized oh yeah it's super fictionalized. like i I worry that i wouldn't be able to forget about that and not be bothered about by it while i watch it just because it's it's such a recent knowable history it is
0: that i don't know like i don't have a strong feeling towards that history yeah like i know i know the broad strokes like i know the story of Steve jobs getting kicked out of Apple and then mm-hmm. building next and then next getting bought by Apple. But really it was like Apple got taken over by Steve jobs again. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was, um, a, it was a reverse, uh, reverse acquisition. Yeah. And like, I know that broad story. Mm-hmm. And so, and I don't care about the accuracy. Like even if I knew it, I don't think I would care about the accuracy of it. Yeah. Uh, so, cause I, I would go in knowing like, this is a Steve, this is an Aaron Sorkin movie, not a, not like a biography. Right. Right. Um, and like, it's super convenient that in each of these three time periods, he talks to the same people. <laughs> and he talks to Wozniak. And then he has a scene with um, Jeff. Bridges. Bridges. And then he has a scene with his daughter and he has a scene with his assistant, like these, like these same moments yeah. that are obviously very constructed to me anyway. Right. And like meant to be sort of this, structure first narrative right yeah the the criticism
1: i heard was primarily like none of this is even close to reality and secondarily like as far as a a movie goes is that it's just very contrived yes like there was a both of those were 100 percent accurate apparently there's a lot of dialogue of like like steve there's no way you could ever accomplish this and he's like i will accomplish
0: it and then he accomplishes it yeah like yeah and that's fine it's Sorkin. It's, it's <laughs> absolutely Sorkin. <laughs> absolutely Sorkin. Yeah.
1: Um, last thing I'll say about Westworld yeah. is uh, I did struggle a lot with not trying to figure out like the operational complexities of a Westworld, like an actual Westworld <laughs> park. I'm like, how
0: could all of this, this actually work? work? Yeah. Like Well that's why I want context about the world. Right. Like I was like, okay, what are we what is the world we're living in like? You know, how far in the future are we? Are we in the right. past? Right. Is Westworld our future? Um <laughs> How can we see our own eyes? Like
1: I you know, I watch these people like they get shot and they, you know, shot and die and then like, who, like, how many employees are there? And what is, like, the cleanup schedule? Yeah. And how, like, how are these loops being reset? And I'm
0: trying to, like, figure out.
1: Yeah. Well, which, and my which...
0: questions are like, okay, how, how long does a loop last? Like, is everybody in the same spot in the same loop every week? You know, is, is right. it a week long loop? And every Monday, everyone's back to square one, or are they going independently? So I could be, I could do three loops the time this character does one.
1: Yeah. Like what does that look like? And it, and it certainly seems like the show's not interested in really explaining no those details. And it doesn't have to because no that's like
0: that's not the story, right?
1: Yeah, it's world building. Yeah, but I mean, you got to stop somewhere.
0: <laughs> Although we didn't know how much it cost thirty years ago. Oh yeah, yeah. How much? It was mentioned when one like scene. It's like forty thousand dollars a day. Oh, I. William's brother-in-law says like we're paying forty thousand dollars a day to be here. Forty thousand dollars a day. And that was in the past, as we've now discovered. Right. So that was you know 30 years ago. Who knows what it costs now?
1: I wonder if there's like cheap versions of a Westworld kind of thing that are like...
0: Like knockoff. Like very yeah. low quality, yeah. but
1: maybe you can get in for like a $1,000 a day or something. Yeah.
0: I, I am bugged by... This is another thing that just annoys me about the multiple timelines, and I think ties into my annoyance with William and the Man in Black being the same person, mm-hmm. is as i thought about it, there's no progression of the technology... From William's time to the end of the show, yeah, there is
1: the the hosts uh, during William's time are mechanical, and at and in the present time they're biological. Well,
0: that's the only. There's no visible difference, though. Nothing that, looks better. That's true. Yeah, it's everything seems the same. Nothing looks better in thirty years. Yeah. Nothing, nothing. you don't see the seams a little bit more. Like, mm. you know, you look at Walt Disney World 30 years ago to Walt Disney World today. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're both magical places. Mm-hmm. And technology has improved. And they're both still Disney World. They're still designed to give you the same experience and the same feel. Mm-hmm. But if you went to Disney World in the 80s, you're going to see more of the seams, as it were, than you would today. Mm-hmm. You know, their goal has been to improve your experience over the last 30 years. Right. Westworld seems stuck in a stasis
1: when I, it comes to that? I think maybe the experience they're improving is the like size of the world and the
0: stories that are available. We don't see any of that. There's right. see no evidence of that. And well And Dolores has been in the exact same loop for 30 years.
1: Yeah. But from, from a production of the show, the HBO show Westworld standpoint, they can't show you the differences because they have to reveal that there are different timelines at the end which is why
0: i wanted to see it revealed
1: early so would you have preferred a season one where there can still be multiple timelines but like and the flashbacks are obviously flashbacks yes and it's just like you just know william is because i think that
0: would that would get you to be able to draw more strong parallels between what was happening in those two timelines yeah but then you gotta but you gotta have twists arnold is
1: bernard (laughs) Still twist. Woo. That was a good twist. Oh, I forgot my absolute favorite thing. Yeah. Favorite Westworld thing of all the Westworld things. Bernard's wardrobe. (laughs) Oh my God. Like I want to dress exactly like him. I'm not surprised. Yeah. (laughs) That was the number one thing that I liked about the show.
0: But like, I think a, I think a twist is generally a cheap plot device. Um, Anything that qualifies as a twist. Now, narratively, we don't learn everything until the end. That's, that's how movies and TV shows work. That's how time works. That's how time works. <laughs> you figure out everything else at the end. Right. Um, but deliberately hiding things from the audience is not effective in the long term. Yeah. How many times have you rewatched The Sixth Sense? Zero. I, I actually have never seen The Sixth okay. Sense
1: because I knew the, the twist before I ever had the chance to see it. Yeah.
0: Sixth Sense is worth maybe two viewings. The right. first one when you don't know what's going on. The second one when you do yeah
1: well, after Westworld finishes i I immediately wanted to rewatch it to f- find all the details I missed because yeah. that's how the internet figured out everything
0: earlier yeah, as they were looking for the things. and there
1: are there is yeah. lots of detail that can be seen that you don't notice on a first, but
0: why course. hide that? so people go oh! at the end so there's a twist How about focus on creating a well crafted story where the the parallels are strong and interesting and thematic yeah that be- we can understand why and how William became the man in black, rather than looking back or seeing a bunch of flashbacks where you go, "Oh, it really is the same person. I guess that makes sense.
1: But that might be nice if, like HBO didn't have a marketing department. like you They're have- HBO, they
0: can literally do whatever they want.
1: <laughs> I know, but like I-, I agree that what you're saying is a uh, better from a story standpoint, but you got to have something that makes people talk about the show and want to continue watching it. and twists are effective at that.
0: The Sopranos didn't do that. No? No, there's no... There's, I, I never... I haven't I mean, seen the, the Sopranos. The Sopranos is just a well-crafted story. The Wire was a well-crafted, well-made story. It, there was not twists and turns and surprises. Nothing... Well, there were a couple of, like, oh, moments where, where something happened, but it wasn't a twist. It wasn't like, I now understand everything else. It's like, oh, the world is going to be different now because of these actions. Right. But The Wire is basically omniscient like it does not hide anything from the viewer. And mm. if it does, it's usually for short periods of time and for very important reasons. Mm-hmm. But most of the time it shows you everything that's going on and everything you need to know hmm. the whole time. I wonder if there's a Game of
1: Thrones influence cuz Game of Thrones is isn't doesn't have lots of like twists but has lots of like, has lots of
0: shock moments.
1: Very very shocking things happening and as a massive humongous success and but a
0: twist is only shocking like because i now understand something better like what the game of thrones does often is dramatically change everything about it because something happened right right like ned stark dying in season one the red wedding like Mm -hmm. these huge moments that change the direction of the series right and the story that's being told they don't make you go, oh, Ned was secretly the king the whole time. <laughs> right. Like, that doesn't benefit the audience. Yeah. So, I, I, and I've mentioned this idea
1: before, the difference between, like, a story revealing a twist and straight up lying to you. Yes. Like, Westworld didn't lie. It. it I, I it, think
0: it intentionally it, obfusc- obfuscated.
1: But there... But not even, I don't even think it did it that much because there was so much opportunity for a really perceptive viewer to figure it out way before the show made it obvious. Like, it, all the answers were apparent. They just weren't
0: obvious. Yes, that's and that's the best way to do a twist. You just is, didn't want to twist at all. Well, I, I don't think there was a narrative benefit to it. Yeah, okay, okay, I got it. I don't think it helped the show to hide that information.
1: Yeah, because when the twist is revealed, you go, oh, I understand the man in black so much better now because you realize who, what his past is. But what
0: if I understood him the entire season?
1: And you could watch the growth with the knowledge that they're the same person. Yeah, yeah,
0: that would. and if better. it was crafted with that knowledge of we're seeing this person in, and we know he goes from being naive young William to the man in black. Mm -hmm. And we want to watch that transition happen. That's the human action of the story that's interesting. Right. And telling us where that is going can be really powerful. That's called dramatic irony. (laughs) Uh, It was not first used, but incredibly well used in Oedipus Rex. Mm -hmm. Like nobody sits down and watches Oedipus Rex not knowing the story of Oedipus Rex. Mm -hmm. He killed his dad and had sex with his mom. Mm -hmm. That's the story. Yeah. Everybody knows that. That's not a spoiler. (laughs) That's beneficial information. Right. Right. And it's better,
1: yeah. I can see that, and that's
0: obviously this is all my opinion, but I do think it is better,
1: yeah. Um, if you went to a Westworld like mm-hmm. place, would you uh, would you murder people for fun? I don't think so, yeah,
0: especially if it's as realistic as it is in Westworld,
1: yeah, because like at least in the present time, like they're their bodies, like they're biological bodies, like, yeah, I mean, there's blood, there's brains, like
0: like that's no that's gross that's weird yeah
1: and that's and that's obviously obviously something the show talks about is like yeah how, what's the difference between us and them that yeah we're choosing to you know treat them differently like why aren't they human yeah because they seem pretty much to just
0: be human and i, I play like i play first person shooters but there's they're so abstracted oh yeah that it doesn't it doesn't like, Overwatch is not realistic in the least. Right. And I'll spend hours a day playing that. Shooting people. And not care about it because it's it's so far removed from any sort of reality. Right. And Westworld, like, their whole goal is we're as real as we possibly can be. And it's not right. even that, like, it's as real
1: as they possibly can be. Like, it's just real. Yeah. Like, they're flesh and blood bodies and they're bullets.
0: Yeah. No, thank you.
1: Yeah yeah like i i can enjoy the uh, the adrenaline of like being on an an adventure and shooting Mm -hmm. guns and stuff as much as the next guy but i i don't know i don't want to shoot and i think there's i think there's potential for you know what part of the the williams story was this guy wasn't also went in with a conscious and wasn't interested in partaking of those things and it can, you know, it takes over and it, you know, grabs a hold of you and you can go down a, dar- a dark path after indulging in those things. But
0: I, I, also don't know if I believe that story. Like, I don't, I don't think the, the TV show sold me on William's transformation until he failed to save Dolores. Like, he was turning evil before then, mm-hmm. but I don't think I believed it. Like, I never understood his motivation very well in yeah. that time frame. Yeah,
1: I want to, I want to see a lot more of what William did in the in between times
0: that would be interesting yeah you know and, and i would watch that if we can see you know if we, if we want to keep him on the cast we want to keep more flashbacks let's see him over the next you know set of flashbacks or timeline changes or whatever mm-hmm. and also have the man in black still existing and in parallel to that yeah because he very obviously didn't die you don't think so
1: no you don't think he's, it seems like everyone there is probably gonna die they shot him in the arm yeah, but they all had guns and they were still coming. Yeah, I don't I think I think everyone there died.
0: I would like to think that, but I would not be surprised at all if they brought him back.
1: Yeah. Okay. It is Ed Harris. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I mean, Anthony... I'm shocked they're
0: not bringing Anthony Hopkins back. Yeah, but... I
1: mean, he like if he's not dead, then that would be a whole. But I could also see I could do.
0: also see them signing Anthony Hopkins up for a one season. True. Stint maybe because should... he's he's anthony hopkins like he's not he's, he's like there's ed harris there's anthony hopkins <laughs> right
1: yeah that that would be an example of the show straight up lying to us if anthony hopkins wasn't dead somehow
0: <laughs> right yeah i mean i always bring him back as a host maybe he was the whole time. <laughs>